In the truck, can we say boobs? We need to get a check. Hey, so we need to get a check on we need boobs. A, we need a check on boobs. Please, can you say boobs? We have boobs. a thumbs up on boobs or upsetting yeah, bo- boob, Boobs are okay. Any standards and practices people okay. hear? Is boobs acceptable? I like boobs. You guys like boobs? Oh, boobs are okay with me. Apparently, Hunter likes hey. boobs, so are we good with boobs? Yeah. Listen to the rap. Thursday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here at wildpotradio.com and rackradioshow.com. Every Monday night, once Monday Night Raw ends, the Raw Post Show goes live. You want to hear a story? Give me a hell yeah! Join Lindsay and Sir Rockin' as they give their opinions on what they liked. What? What they didn't like. What? And what left them completely confused. What? It's the Raw Post Show. What? Monday nights. What? 11 p.m. Eastern. What? Live on the Wild Talk Radio Network. And that's the bottom line. Go, 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 step up. Did you know you can use support a creator code ROCK and SOCK in the Fortnite item shop? That's R O C K N S O C K in the Fortnite item shop. That's a hashtag ad because we are a hashtag epic partner. The following program is not intended for children. It contains mild language, violence, sexual innuendo, wink, wink, brief nudity, and deals with mature themes that some may find offensive. Parental discretion is advised. The Wild Talk Radio Network now presents the evolution in online sports entertainment. Hey, everybody, this is Ed Spock with D-Generation X. Hey, this is the Rated R Superstar, a.k.a. Adam Copeland, a.k.a. This is everyone's favorite wrestler and mine, Rob Van Dam. You're listening to me because you are listening to Wrestle Talk Radio. Wrestle Talk Radio. Who's ready for story time, baby? Hosted by Tim Stein. Best there is, the best there was, or the best there ever will be. The intern, Kane Kittens. I am the best in the world at everything I do. Special guest host this week, local indie wrestler, Keishi Matsunaga. I'm better than you, and you know it. And the producer, Sir Rockin'. Acknowledge me. Live on the Wild Talk Radio Network. Don't stop listening or I will find you. I know where you live. I have Google Earth. (laughs) WTR Sunday night. I remember, it's okay to play with yourself. As long as you have an action figure. Burn it down!
It's Sunday night, and you know what that means. It's time for another edition of WTR Sunday Night Russell Talk Radio Live, right here on the Wild Talk Radio Network, streaming live at wildtalkradio.com and twitch.tv slash WTR Live. If you have that Amazon Prime link into your Twitch account, it's called Prime Gaming. You can support the channel by clicking the purple rectangular button below the screen. You can also use credit card rocks like in the Fortnite item shop because we're a hashtag epic partner. Brand new season's coming up, so do the thing. I'm the producer, Sir Rocket. Joined as always by the intern, Kane Kittens. And that's all you got? Uh, I mean, that, that's, that's all I have right now. That's all you ha- I thought you would have had more. Woo! There you go. It's Sunday night here at WTR. Don't forget we are taking a week off because some of us have extra homework for next week because there is a pay-per-view. Yeah, buddy. Because oh, so we, we've learned premium live events happen on Saturdays. Pay-per-views yeah, pay-per-views. Have, are on Sundays. Yeah, including a one-hour match. Huh. Buckle in. What if Brett won the Iron Man match? Huh. Talk about it. Along with the one and only Tim Stein. Yeah. Hi. You. We're talking about you. We're talking to you. Yeah. What's up? That's what you I got? Truth. Just hang on a second. The show's almost over. <sighs> Hi, chat. How is chat? Is chat doing all right tonight? Good. Is Great. Chat in the, is chat in the chat? Chat is Chad is not in the chat, but chat is in the chat. This is WTR Sunday Russell Talk Radio live right here on the Wild Talk Radio Network. We have a big show planned for you tonight. We have topics galore. We have an all-time greatest. We're I was getting get to it. I was getting to it. Eventually. I was. I was getting to it. You were getting there, but you just never got there. Well, you know, it's a lazy, crazy, hazy Sunday. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of WTR Sunday Nights. Thanks for joining us. Um, I guess those of you who are tuned in live have nothing better to do. Did he just mute himself? I think he muted himself. Did myself? You muted yourself. Am I... I, I didn't even touch the mute button. You, you muted yourself. I may have accidentally brushed up against the mic cord. There you go. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, so we're back at it like we are most Sunday nights. I say most Sunday nights because, uh, well, Brent, you brought up next Sunday night. Yes. Yes, it is AEW Revolution. Are you looking forward to an hour-long match? No. Well, let me ask you something. Were you looking forward to an hour-long Iron Man match between Brett and Sean? Back in 1990, whatever it was. 96. 96. Uh, yeah, it was yes, 96. because they're both very good workers. And this hour-long match coming up, you you figure that the guys in there aren't good workers. No, I think Daniel Bryan is a good worker. I think MJF is a good worker on his own. I think the two of them, it's probably going to be about 15 minutes of rest holds to stretch it out. But that's what Sean and Brett did. <laughs> But they at least they made it look good. Why don't you think MJF and Brian can? Well, here's the other thing. Yes, tell me about the other thing. I'm going to have to deal with nine or ten matches beforehand. That's the problem. Which is going to wear me down for the fact that we're going to get an hour-long Iron Man match to end the show. And I'm going to be about ready just to fall the hell asleep. So, do you figure AEW is uh, giving you too much wrestling? Wrestling? 
I don't know. Uh, a bunch of smaws, probably? Yes. What is I- the, what's the ideal number of matches for a pay-per-view? Not, that's not WrestleMania. Seven, at most. Sometimes you can get away with eight, depending on. De- depending well, on the style of match, depending upon. It'll work like, if one's a squash. If you can work in, like, an absolute squash or kind of an entertaining five-minute wonky match, then because sure. Because their pay-per-views go four hours, that's why I can, I can give them up to eight, so you give each match a half hour in terms of entrances, packages, etc., etc. Now, you see, uh, their pay-per-views uh, run in excess upwards of four hours. Plus, and this is where it gets you, an hour pre-show, which has three... Typically has three matches. Uh huh. That's what it, kills you. So it puts it, ten matches on a card for five hours, which it, absolutely it, kills you. Is Tony Khan being a little bit too pushy? No. And he, out there? No. He believes this is what he says that he's trying to give you as much as he can for the price you're paying. Because you're that, paying for fifty, okay. paying fifty dollars. He's trying to give you everything that he can give you. And there's where he's making his biggest mistake. Um, he's he's basically quantifying quantity. Yes. And that is not always, and in a lot of cases, is not value for your money. It's quality over quantity. If I'm watching a four, uh, like like a series of forty five minutes all star like a one matches. I don't need nine, ten, or eleven of them. I'm good with six. You give me a pay per view with six absolutely first rate match of the year candidate matches, and that is value for my money. You don't need to. He's doing too much. AEW is trying too hard. They're doing too much with four hour pay per views, trying to cram in, um, including the hour long pre show, uh, 13 matches. It's a lot of content, and that's why. It drags and it it really drags people in the building. Like, oh, the, you could you could tell when the crowd sort of dies and then it get, kicks back up towards the very end. But even then, it was only kicking back up before because of it's CM Punk. So we get the rise back, and now and, you don't have the CM Punk rise. It's just gonna, you know, and and what it is is quantity over quality, and that is that does not make for a good promotion. And I'm sending Sting out there usually at 10.45 to wake up the crowd. Um, like, uh, just to give you an example, a lot of independent wrestling shows out uh, out west here, um, Alberta, BC, Saskatchewan, they'll present you with six to seven matches. You've got four matches, intermission, and then three matches. And, of course, your main event is generally your biggest match of the night um, on these indie shows, and it's booked to go uh, generally go the longest uh, for the majority of the time we were running Canadian all pro, we were only giving fans five matches and they were telling us uh, like uh, Smith, uh, Smith Hart, rest his soul um, came up to me and personally told me that we were putting on the best shows he'd seen since his dad was still wrestling. I think you remember, uh, you remember me telling you that story. Mm-hmm. He stopped me in the stairwell um, when I was when I was uh, on my way up to uh, to talk to the wrestlers right before the main event, 
so the um the second last match was on he was coming down after um the talking with the guys and he stopped me in uh, on the stairway to give me that compliment and we were only giving people five matches yeah you, you want to know the summation of the problem that tony khan has it is this weekend because he's taping ring of honor television this weekend and yesterday, I just counted this up, yesterday's tapings had 19 matches at that taping. Well, that's four weeks of TV. I understand, but here's the problem. You've got people that are sitting there for 19 matches. But it's TV. It's a, it's a, you're going like, that's, that's different because you're going slightly different, but here's your problem. It's going to come across like shit on television. Well, that, that, they understand that. Because also they taped dark before this too. Yeah, but it was two different tapings. They were two different, they're two different tickets. Still, you, I mean, you had AEW talent working both tapings. Yeah, that's done. They're putting in a couple of matches. You've got. You're going to mix in the crowd, but you're still having people watching probably 12 matches for a dark taping, and then 19 matches for one Ring of Honor taping, not counting today's tapings as well. That's going to that's gonna come across like shit, because people are going to be like, and I mean, true, Sky Blue and Madison Rain taking on the Renegade Twins isn't going to really stir people anyway. But when that's your, like, ninth or tenth match that you're watching, you're going to be like, I don't give a rip. But you, but going to those tapings, you know what you're getting into because that's a studio TV taping. Like, I you, usually get behind most of your arguments. I can't get behind that one because that, they that, know what they're getting that's into. That's fine that you can't get behind it. I'm just saying, for the most part, I'm, and I understand this is going to be your diest of diehard people that are going to be here to watch, you know, Ring of Honor come back for four episodes but this just like you look at what matches they tape and you look at just the volume and i would be sitting there going fuck i can't i can't get up for half of these because i've already had to watch you know two hours of this shit already and putting 10 matches on because they're all going to be four to five minute matches well it's a dollar a match because you get a 20 dollar ticket you get 19 matches so it's a dollar a match you're getting your money's worth and then you're gonna have to pay ten bucks to see it on Honor Club. Yeah, that's like shopping at Dollar Tree versus Walmart versus Macy's. Okay. Um, you spend a hundred dollars at Macy's, you can get one thing. You spend a hundred dollars at Walmart, you can get five things. You spend a hundred dollars at Dollar Tree, you can get a hundred things. Those one hundred things are shit. Well, They're crap. Well, you, you They're can, not well, worth it. Well, you can get less than a hundred things now for a hundred dollars at Dollar Tree. It's a buck twenty-five. It's a buck twenty-five. Well, yeah, okay. Up, up here, it's actually a buck fifty at Dollar Tree, but you get the idea. What do they, they call the ninety-nine cent store? We don't have that up here. Dollar General. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, next I've Sunday. Heard of Dollar General. So next Sunday, we're not live. Put it in your calendars. We're not live. But we're not live. We're Memorex. But because of that. Monday night, a week from Monday, we'll be live with CB Radio Not So Live. So live. you get CB Radio Not So Live live following the Raw Post Show. So it's a late night stream next Monday night. Not So CB Radio. We're going to talk all things AEW Revolution. So we're doing homework next week. And then we'll, we'll, we'll review it on the night after. I feel like I'm going to need caffeine for that that Monday show. But I don't use caffeine. So I, I will have to figure something out. We'll figure it all out. 
Speaking of figuring things out, free agency is all um, the talk of the internet these days. Well, I mean, NFL free agency is starting pretty soon. That's what you're talking about, right? So who are the Eagles going to bring back? They're going to bring back a lot of people, but that's not what we're here talking about. No. Oh, okay. Talk about free agents in the world of sports and entertainment, the ones that may be free agents and the ones who may not be. There's the guy like Kenny Omega, who people think is being talked to by a certain company, but he's still under contract to the other. And he's too worried about a video game that may or may not come out in a month. <laughs> that's that's awesome timing, by the way. Very awesome timing. Amazing. Um, and then there's people like Jay White, who lost a loser, leaves New Japan match last weekend. He lost two of them. One was leaving Japan, one was leaving New Japan Pro Wrestling, or something like that. Uh, <laughs> okay, we're going to get into semantics here. No, because you have the U.S. version of New Japan. I, That's the semantics. I know, I, know there's, I know there's New Japan Strong, and I know that there's, you know, proper New Japan. It just seems funny that it was like, you have a loser leaves match against Hikuleo, and then all of a sudden it was like, his match against Eddie Kingston had the extra stipulation slapped on of like, oh yes, that, now he can't ever work New Japan again. And it's just like, I, I thought that was kind of solved before, okay. It's overcomplicated for overcomplicated sakes, but that now leaves Jay White without a home. Will he, will he go to Impact Wrestling? Will he go to AEW, or will WWE sign Jay White? Should they sign Jay White? I will say if Jay White signs with Impact Wrestling, I feel really bad for him, <laughs> considering what I've seen of Impact Wrestling. What, what has become of Impact Wrestling makes me sad. It's a, it's a group of talented individuals. They've got talent, but it looks it looks even more low-key than the dark tapings that we were just talking about. It, it looks even more independent than that. And they're doing pay-per-views on a Friday night, which is a death nail. So that's why I feel bad if he signs on with them. Now, is there a connection with Impact? Yes, he. I think he had a cup of coffee there once. And there's also quote-unquote Bullet Club there, even though, I guess, technically he was removed from Bullet Club by having to leave New Japan. <clears throat> with Impact, there's also a background there because of his relationship with Adam Cole and the Bucks and all of that. AEW. And AEW, sorry. And he has shown up in AEW before, so it's not much of a stretch. <laughs> the thing that makes it weird for me is that there is that talent relationship between New Japan and AEW. So if he signs with AEW, isn't it just like, oh, well, wait, he's not supposed to be able to go against those people, but they may be there. And why would it be a problem if he was signing with AEW and still working New Japan once every four months? I don't think... Why like it doesn't. Why is it a problem? Because he just had a match that said no. he's not allowed to ever work. No, in Japan. but if he said, I said if he signed with AEW, why would there would be no reason to do those things? Like changing the yeah, fortunes, but... he shouldn't have had to do loser leaves. He could have just signed with AEW. So that kind right. of because, rules them because out, it right? Means he can't compete in something like Forbidden Door. Yeah. <laughs> so it kind of now rules AEW out the window. One would assume based on all this that. Yeah. My point. By the way, I love the fact that they kind of pre-leaked Forbidden Door. Thanks, cable companies. <laughs> yeah. Good job on that one. We haven't announced it yet, but shit. Everyone kind of knew. So um, so it, it leaves WWE, and it's kind of weird because when I look at Jay White, 
what I see is Seth Rollins. Mm-hmm. A lot of the same mannerisms, a lot of the same move set, you know, sling blades and, and everything. So it's kind of like, while I think they could get Jay White and have some of that, you know, cross connection of like, ooh, we'll appeal to some, you know, Japanese fans or, you know, um, New Japan fans that know of him and kind of give him a stage. Same thing with essentially, you know, Dragon Lee with Triple A. It's hard when you've got someone that is the exact same look and style already there and established with you. Now, I think attitude-wise, like, I think he'll be great on the mic. I think his promos could really kind of be interesting with the new WWE, from what I've seen of his new Japan work. So, I think that would be intriguing. I just don't know overall if Jay White really fits with the WWE. I think style-wise, he would fit more with AEW and kind of fill a niche for them. But AEW has enough Jay Whites. I know. That's the other problem is AEW has kind of gotten that roster bloat where they've had to do a Ring of Honor because they have to take some of that talent that they've got either under contract or linked with themselves to put on a show of like, okay, well, we'll try and feature them here because let's put it, let's put it, you know, realistically, they've got a lot of people that you don't really see. Because, let's put, I mean, like, the Lucha Bros were featured heavily, and now they've pulled back on them, and it's like they've disappeared altogether. Put Jay White on the reality show. They have enough people on their reality show. Oh, God. Yeah. But you say he may not quite fit what WWE has, but that's also good where he'll actually stand out because he's a little bit unique compared to their style currently. True. Because you kind of need different people, especially with the current regime trying to find different styles and different types of workers. He would fit in better, say he would have, what, two years ago with the regime? Oh, if, he even, if he tried to come in a year or two ago, it it really would have been bad. <laughs> So now having the freedom to work differently and now maybe change up the way he does things because everyone does have to change when working for WWE, he may fit and he also gives him gives WWE a name to add to their roster in terms of, hey, here's fresh matchups with Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, Bray Wyatt, Cody Rhodes, you name it. Now, do we think Jay White immediately comes in and is pushed to that higher level or do you think he would be a mid-level to start. If you're going to bring him in, he's got to be, what, upper mid-card, you would say, to main event? You don't start him low? I wouldn't say low. I would say maybe mid to upper. But the, but I, I couldn't absolutely, you know, I couldn't see him coming in immediately and, and do, like, a Cody main event picture kind of thing. That's just me, because to me, you already had established, you know, you had a lot of people that already knew of Cody. Either... AEW or from his initial run and may not have been happy with the fact that he was released. But with, so it was so it was kind of a make good. But if you the put path him, that he's on now. But if you put him in the ring with someone like Seth Rollins Alligate, who's kind of the gatekeeper now of that roster, that would help establish Jay White for whatever role he send, ends up being in. Would it do him any good to uh, bring him in chasing one of the mid-card titles? Depends who the champions are. What champion would, uh, which champions would help him? Would you want a transitional, somebody who's going to drop the title to him? Or do you risk hurting him by having him make it uh, to the title match and lose? If he's in the ring with Austin Theory, he should be a guy like Austin Theory right off the rip. 
and take the title from him. Which would be intriguing watching a Kiwi holding the U.S. title. Because I don't see him coming in right off the rip and beating a Gunther. And those are your two options if you played it out today. To tell you the truth, I don't think I'd want to see him chasing Gunther. And that depends if Gunther actually holds the belt through WrestleMania, after WrestleMania, because that could go to someone like Drew McIntyre or Sheamus. And I was going to say, I, th- I think it may it may be switching to a Scotsman here, so that Gunther can move on to other things. But then again, Jay White and Drew McIntyre would be good. That would be intriguing. But the, but that's that's now elevating the, the mid card title to upper mid card because you have a a main eventer holding the mid-card title. Well, getting getting back to uh, Gunter and uh, the title, potential title change at Mania. Yeah. Provided everything winds up happening the way everybody figures it's going to happen and Cody winds up beating Roman for the titles, for the, uh, for the heavyweight titles. Y'all remember Royal Rumble men's match, final two. Mm-hmm. Would you not like to have Cody and Gunter in a complete full 20 to 30 minute match vying for the, uh, for your, uh, main titles? I think it would work. I think some people would be disappointed with the fact that in that case, you would probably have Cody go over and you would get some contention of, oh, he just held the Intercontinental title for how long, and yet he can't beat Cody. You have Gunther beat Cody at Money in the Bank, and then Cody win the belt back at SummerSlam. You could do it that way, too. Or you could have some kind of a, uh, some kind of a if it made sense, you could have some kind of a mosh at the end of the match. Cause, or it results in a non-finish. No, because UK is going to be Money in the Bank, so have Gunther win it there, and come back to the States, have Cody win it at SummerSlam. At Ford Field. And and also I if if I was WWE, I would try and stay away from a non finish with Cody because one of the longest knocks with him was that everything was overbooked. <clears throat> and I think having a non finish, some people would be like, you know, And we're already Roman, getting, getting to the Roman overbooked finishes. Right. Ro- Roman already has interference, but at least he gets the pinfalls to win. Mm-hmm. It's like if you get if you get you know, wonkiness and non-finish, that's where I think some people will go, no. <laughs> so Jay White presents an opportunity. And then we I mentioned Kenny Omega, and there's lots of rumors for him there. Would we like to see WWE at some point sign a Kenny Omega? I would to watch Tony Khan's head explode. That's, like, I, w- I, will, I will put it this way. I have never been a subscriber that Kenny Omega is the greatest professional wrestler in the world. There's a lot of people who believe that, and for them, more power to you. Do I think he is a good worker? Sure. Do I think he has seven moves that he does in a match? Yes. But people are willing to overlook that because it's Kenny Omega. Well, yeah, it's two more moves than than the uh, former face of WWE employed, so why not? Right. Well, I, yeah. and I mean, like, Rock, what was the longest-running joke we had when AEW first started? What? How many V-triggers is Kenny Omega going to throw in a match? V-trigger! It was, when it was him versus Sema, it was the Meteora versus the V-trigger, because there was legitimately about 20 total of those moves thrown in between the two men. Now, again, do I think Kenny can perform? Yes. And I think Kenny as just an overall performer and everything, wants to kind of prove that he can do this 
at any level. It's the same thing when you have a college coach that wants to be like, I can do this at the NFL. Just watching the rage booking from Tony Khan would would practically be worth Omega signing with WWE. But it but they've set the groundwork with what they've done with Cody because initially if it if Kenny would have been the first one to try and go, I don't know if he maybe would have made that jump because Vince is in charge and other things and it's like I don't know. Now that Cody has kind of gotten that welcome in WWE and they've shown it's going to be like, "Oh yeah, we're not going to bury AEW people who come over. In fact, we'll probably put some shine on them because it will show other people in that company, hey, when your contract's up, we're willing to give you a legitimate chance. And so for someone like Kenny, he can look at Cody and be like, wow, Cody went over there, and if it weren't for the fact that he tore his pec, he would probably be the world champion right now in six months with that company again. And I could be featured for that company. I could make millions of dollars, you know, get even more exposure than I would even with AEW. Like, for him, it would be appealing. And again, it what it would do is set the groundwork for, you know, if the Bucks want to jump, if anyone that is a former WWE talent wants to come back, if anyone who had signed with AEW initially, like, I don't know, maybe an MJF, goes, hey, my contract's up. They're doing some good things over there. Maybe I'll give them a chance. It's the same thing when people were doing the same thing with, you know, when AEW started up, it was giving them an avenue from where to go. And now that Triple H is presumably in charge of creative, that will get into a whole different can of worms with that. He is, despite what people say. I know. But it's like, you've seen what Hunter has done with the booking. You've seen that people are... You know, you're getting a chance to shine. That matches have actually been shown to mean something. You know, premium live events are only like five matches long, but they're everyone's fully invested in it. And hell, you just had a group put to. You know, you had probably one of the best storytelling matches of of recent memory take place last weekend in Montreal. So if I was looking at that, I might go, yeah, I, I'd have, I, I'd be willing to do that. And plus. Also, if Kenny goes to WWE, who knows? Maybe he could go to Hunter and be like, I'm kind of interested in doing something like this. And Hunter could go, you know what? That sounds like a great idea. Let's let's run with that. Let's give it a shot. Whereas I think Tony, for the most part, when it comes to the EVPs, have kind of shut them out. He gave them a chance, and then it was just like, nope, nope, we're going to do things my way now. Because they kind of drop the ball at times. Well... And I think Cody has come out recently and said we were very young and we didn't fully know what we were doing in some instances. And I think they all kind of acknowledge that now. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I think that has kind of closed a door in AEW where I don't think they can get that kind of opportunity back. Whereas I think in another company, they could be given a little bit of freedom again. I don't think like full reign freedom i don't think it'll be full creative control i think it's well hey i'm thinking about this what do you guys think and it's like we can we can go along with something like that or we can try this out let's see with the way the evps are being booked lately where they're not so serious having a place to be portrayed more seriously could be beneficial to a kenny omega or even the Young Bucks, and then you take Kenny and the Young Bucks and you bring them all over in 2024, AEW just lost its pillars that created the company. Mm -hmm. That would kind of shift, I would think, some people's 
thoughts about what the promotion is because if guys like Kenny and the Bucks are now with Cody in the the, the in New York in the WWE, what does that say about AEW's long term future in terms of is it really attractive to people, especially if guys like Kenny Omega and Cody and the Young Bucks sort of jump to the other side? Even MJF, whose contract is up in 2024, as he tells us every single week. Yeah. Well, and it would be very interesting considering the fact that you would have one company named All Elite Wrestling and none of the elite could be there. Because you're going to eventually have to phase out some people from AEW. Sting's, they brought in Sting, and he's going to be phased out probably by the end of the year. You know, he's pretty much phased out now, but he's going to be gone. You lost Punk in the war of 2022 in the, in the all-out brawl. Chris Jericho, who knows how long he's going to be a face of the company. <laughs> because, Jericho. Because Jericho is one that's like, I'm kinda, he's kind of... He may be in the best shape he's been in for a while. Creatively, he's sort of very... Um, when, he's when stagnant. Is, when is his contract up with AEW? I think he just signed back with them a little bit for a little bit more. I think he extended with them or should be extending with them. Cause I think he signed a three- or five-year deal with them. He could uh, be up soon. He signed a three-year extension back in 2022, so he's good through December 2025, according to reports. Yeah, now, yeah. that's what we know. I don't know if that's actual, or it's just what people have said, but it looks like, yeah, he's guaranteed through another two years. Well, that's, that's, that's actual. Uh, we could we could actually see him retiring from full-time ring competition. At the Boy, end of, then at we the get end him on commentary. Extension. Which he's already doing commentary. He's been doing commentary for two years now. Yes. Well, if yelling into a mic is commentary. Yeah, it's, 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 I mean, people may have been worse. Um, Apparently, uh, Corey Graves is the worst, according to some people. Seriously? That, that's who got voted the worst? Corey Graves was voted worst commentator. Ahead of Booker T. I just want everyone to realize that. Booker T got less votes for worst commentator than Corey Graves. Yeah. Yep, we observe those opinions, all right? Anyway, um... But no, it would be interesting to see what the future would hold, and because AEW is coming up on on a big uh, point in time with with their contract extension for television, and they're looking to extend, and they probably will extend with TNT and Turner and Warner Media, Media, whatever you want to call it, since they bring in four million fans every Wednesday night. I'm calling bullshit. Did you hear about that one, Tim? Four million fans every Wednesday they're night. They're bringing in four million fans. Every Wednesday night. Now, Brock, how is that calculated? In the dumbest way possible. <laughs> Hold on. The fine thing. I'll read the quote to Tim. Okay. AEW has such a, an amazingly loyal and dedicated fan base that brings in more than 4 million viewers to TBS every Wednesday night, says Jason Solanus, president, Turner Networks, ID, NHLN, Linear, and Streaming. Four million every Wednesday night, Tim. No. Would you like to know how they count this? How do they count this? They count the hours of 7 p.m. to midnight and account for any minute somebody is watching TBS between the hours of 7 p.m. and midnight. <clears throat> Sounds like the Canadian liberal government way of figuring shit out. So what you're saying is that someone could watch it at seven online and say i don't know go home later and if they tune in 
on TV, they're counted twice. The show starts at 8. You know what I mean. No. And they measure from 7 till... Midnight. Till midnight. And the show airs from 8 to 10. With... Oh, Jesus from, they yeah. give you an hour before, and if anyone's watching turn, TBS an hour before, you're counting to the 4 million people watching TBS. Thanks and to what's a, on TBS an hour before AEW? The Big, Big Bang, Bang Theory. Theory. Uh-huh. You know, you know that, that great lead-in that absolutely gets transitional fans. So a minute. If you just watch TBS for a minute, you... Our count it. It's one of the four million fans watching TBS every Wednesday night, thanks to Dynamite. Well, and not nope. just TBS, but TBS Online as well. Yeah, Warner Media. It was a, it's a statement they made. I'm hard pressed to see them getting four million fans globally. Yeah, when they. I mean, yeah. if you factor in the YouTube. <laughs> The DVR watches. What the... makes it even better is their numbers are da- go, were trending downward, and they were going three point three million fans. That's how they were counting it over the holidays, and now it's four million. <laughs> the numbers are trending downwards. Hey, hey, Rock! I can't wait till they say that there's a million fans that watch Rampage. They can't even claim that. Like, but I mean, there were many people watching TNT that night. I mean, you could yeah. have a million people that night. Nowadays, what is what is the rating? What uh, four million fans? What rating does that give you? Roughly about a they they average about anywhere from about nine hundred thousand to a million on Wednesdays, roughly. So they go eight fifty to nine, a million. Eight fifty to one point one at their best right now. And yeah, that then that was their peak kind of last week, and but that and, that was the first time since September. And then if we want to talk about their other show, that hovers around 300,000 at best. 450. And half of the people Maybe who four. tune in, no, you're, you're talking about Rampage on Friday night, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, where they have Half no of that out. audience comes over straight from SmackDown. They they wouldn't tell you that. Because there's... They wouldn't tell you that, but that's where the audience is from. No, but it's not. Because it's not even, Do you, you don't... change the channel to watch Rampage after you're done watching SmackDown? Not in a while. <laughs> For me, it's been a few months. It's every now and again. Uh, anyway, but it's not even half because SmackDown on on broadcast television is doing two point three million on average right now. So you're getting a sixth of that audience. Mm-hmm. So and for so people wonder, okay, so what does T what does um Dynamite do for day? Is it what DVR plus seven? I think it's called. I think so. They're averaging a one point one to one point two with DVR plus seven. So you're gaining. So that's where their number is. So their that's their DVR plus seven number. I don't know what WWE's number is. It's probably you add the same mid percentage wise that AEW is growing off of theirs. So WWE would be if they're averaging two for raw two one point eight for raw. They would probably be over two on average for raw and DVR plus seven, if not more, based on just percentages. Um, Rampage is suffering though. Well, yeah, they don't, they, I mean, the thing is, is there's some people that will go, oh, you get someone like Moxley on there every so often. Yeah, but who does he face? You get, you don't get top tier matchups. Now, I want to say two weeks ago, you had the Elite versus AR Fox and Top Flight, which for all intents and purposes, sure, will be a fun match. But there's no name value to that. I don't go AR Fox and go, ooh, that's appointment TV watching. Mm-hmm. The same way that I would do, like, a 
a Brian Danielson or an MJF or a Adam Page. Mm-hmm. So you may get like one name in a match, but whenever they announce a match for for Rampage, don't you feel like you go, I know that person's winning. I know that person's winning. I know that person's winning. It's going to be a seven minute match. They're going to have half of it in picture in picture. So what's the point? There is no point. That's the problem. That Yeah, it Rampage has been driven down and so many people are going, oh, well, they only got 300,000 viewers recently because they got moved with the All-Star game. No, that's not the reason. It's because even your AEW hardcore devotees are looking at Rampage and going, that's main event. Like, I don't have a urge to watch this show. Yeah. So It's interesting to see what happens. But for now, we're going to move on to the all-time greatest. Who's the man? Huh? Who's the man? It's time for another WTR original. I am the greatest. All-time greatest. Well, whoop the freaking do! Help us decide what the greatest intro, submission move, or even the greatest title run ever truly is. I hope I score. Interact with us in the real-time chat and find out who or what will end up being the all-time greatest. Okay, our first battle. It's a fitting one. Dominic mm-hmm. Mysterio betrays Ray Mysterio. Taking on Stephanie McMahon betrays her father, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Aligning mm-hmm. with Triple H. Brent. Dom and Ray has been entertaining for parts of it. Simply for what they have been able to do on the periphery of it. So, for those of you who may not have seen, there there have been, like, WWE-exclusive videos of Dom and Mommy, Rhea Ripley, going to visit the Mysterio household on holidays. So, it started with Thanksgiving, when Dom crashed the family get-together, because, of course, he was not invited due to what has happened, and subsequently beat the high holy hell out of Ray with a broomstick and, you know, other things around the house, including, I believe, a framed picture of himself and Ray. Uh, then Christmas came along and he got arrested, hence the whole Dom's been to prison aspect He's of this story. He's done a hard time. Yeah. <clears throat> he knows what it's like on the inside. Um, and then there was the most recent thing of Valentine's Day where Ray accidentally stole Dom's uh, Valentine's appointment or uh, reservation and then Dom forgot his wallet Rhea had to pay. So for that aspect of it, it's very interesting and it's like, okay, that kind of gets me to want to see this a little bit further. And you know, Dom has become just the most hated person in the arenas as last weekend pointed out. But the ultimate betrayal, I think, has to go to Stephanie over Vince and siding with Triple H just because Stephanie was such the good girl before all this happened. She was daddy's little girl. She was, you know, going to marry Test. Um, She was kidnapped by The Undertaker. And, you know, Triple H drugged her, took her to Vegas, had a quickie wedding. And then then they had a quickie after the wedding. And then ultimately... You had that moment where it was like Vince and Hunter had this knockdown drag out match and Stephanie wasn't involved and she was torn. And so, you know, like wanting her dad to win. And then the very end, like right after the match happened, she turns and you see that evil smile, you know, hit her face. And it's been there ever since. Like, this is what made Stephanie of today. 
with Dom, I think there's still so much more to go. It's just the fact that unfortunately it's still so new that we're tr- we're we're kind of still in the infancy of it. But I have to give it to Stephanie and Vin- or Stephanie Vincent Hunter because it's just <clears throat> that was a big betrayal and it set forth you know the McMahon Helmsley alliance and mm-hmm. okay. yeah, Tim, so much came from it, Tim. Well, the the Ray and Dominic stuff is entertaining for what it is, and uh, I'm not overly invested in any of it. But I will admit that I am looking forward to the day where where Ray kicks the shit out of his son, because <laughs> Dom deserves it with everything that's been going on. But first off, it's still it's still going on. Um, there's there's more, like you said, but there's more to go. It's it's a work in progress, and we can't really judge this thing until it's over said and done with and we look back on it five ten years from now also it didn't define an era didn't stephanie's betrayal usher in the uh the uh mcmahon uh, helmsley era era mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. that was a big uh pardon the uh, use of the phrase game changer for wwe that was a betrayal that had impactful ramifications for years afterwards, not just for uh, Vince, not just for Triple H, not just for Steph, but for the entire bloody company. It's hard not to pick that over over Ray and Dom, which is a fan, you know, quaint little family feud. There you go. It's a clean sweep on that one. Kevin Owens betrays Sami Zayn in 2014, while Tugboat betrays the Bushwhackers to join Earthquake. Tim. As as entertaining as the whole Kevin Owens Sami Zayn thing um, is over the years with the different storylines and, and the, the the two best friends who are close as brothers um, showing showing sibling rivalry with each other at times um, it's again still ongoing um, thinking back and it's going to be a it's going to be a, a long think because it was so far back. Um, tugboat uh, with the with the betrayal. Um, that was that was just absolutely, utterly shocking and unbelievable back in the day, mm-hmm. and and it absolutely caught the fans and captivated them. And like, what the hell? Um, like like, what did tugboat start calling himself after the betrayal? Typhoon. Typhoon, right? They and it's just natural disasters. Yeah, with the uh, earthquake. Mm-hmm. John, good old John Tenta, rest, uh, rest in rest in peace. Well, both of them. Um, but it was just absolutely flooring. This tugboat was for his level. Um, he was he was he was like the equivalent of of Hulk Hogan for that level. If that's making sense to you. So you're going tugboat? Yeah. Okay. Casey, because Kevin Owens betrays Sami Zayn, which means Brent gets to break a tie. Okay, let me preface this. Because I told Rock when we first came up with this betrayals list, I was in the arena that night when Tugboat turned on the Bushwhackers. It happened here in Arizona. I was so you get you taping. get where I you get where I was coming from. Then I was at that taping. It was Earthquake and the Nasty Boys versus the Bushwhackers and and Tugboat. And yep. Tugboat did the turn. I was there in the arena. That being said, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens has been going on. For years. This is something that spans Ring of Honor. This is something that spans NXT. This is something that spans the main roster. These guys 
have moments where they get along and then when they are against each other is as brutal as you can possibly get and the emotions are ratcheted up a whole nother level. If you've seen their Ladder Wars match, I don't know how Sami Zayn can walk after that. But we're not talking Kevin about that walk. one. We're not talking. That, that, that's not, there are other people. Those are other Kevin's, people. Look, Kevin Steen, El Generico, no. I understand. No, because that's on a different time. That's somewhere else on this list. I get it. But. <laughs> you can't factor that part in. You, yeah, you can't factor what? that in because it's already on the list of something else. That's my point. But they reference it as part of this as well. Yeah, but you can't. Oh, you, your can't. Honor. you can't. They can, you can't. Okay, then I will simply say this. that The ultimate betrayal of the fact that Kevin debuts with NXT, and the first image after his initial match that you get is him walking down and celebrating his best friend winning the title that he's been struggling to get for two years by this point. And he slams him onto the edge of the mat, which we, of course, all know is the hardest part of the ring, and stabs him in the back as forcefully and quickly as anyone has seen. It then goes about the fact that he takes that title that his friend fought so hard for through a way of essentially beating him to the point that the referee had to stop it. It wasn't the fact that Sammy quit. It wasn't that it wasn't anything else aside from the fact that he was so brutal and beat up his best friend to the point where the referee had to go, no, I am ending the match. You get this belt. Get the hell away from him. And from there, it, like I said, anytime they meet up as adversaries, they legitimately try to just take each other out. So for that fact, I'm still giving it to Kevin and Sammy. Okay, that's fine. And that's exactly why I didn't give it to Kevin and Sammy. It's an ongoing thing that's only getting better with, with, but no, with but age. No, but but and, here's the and thing. once they're retired, then they would get my vote. But no, but you're not talking about a feud. You're talking about the moment, the betrayal. It can happen in this period, and it could still be ongoing. But the moment is what matters. Yes, and it's not the first moment they betrayed each other. But I'm just saying, in general, for this tournament, it was it's not the shock that tugboat's turn was. Saying it doesn't matter if the, they're still I'm wrestling, because a saying. lot of these people are still wrestling. Like Becky Lynch betrays Charlotte, taking on the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega turn on AJ Styles. Brent, Becky, quote unquote, betraying Charlotte. I know it's supposed to be a betrayal. It didn't come across that way. It came across as Becky just beating the high holy hell out of Charlotte, and the fans cheered. That's the problem with that. Charlotte was supposed to be the face, and everyone just did not want to do it. With the Young Bucks and Kenny turning on AJ, that was that was the turn in the Bullet Club. After, you know, AJ took over from Finn, and the Young Bucks and Kenny turning on AJ, and you know, which allowed AJ to go to other pastures, um, was a was a seismic shift in the Bullet Club at that point because it turned into the elite essentially, at that point. So, I think in terms of betrayal, I'll have to go with AJ, only because while everyone, Becky's quote-unquote turn and the attack on Charlotte, I it didn't have the desired effect that they wanted because everyone just refused to let it happen. 
So it's not as impactful, in my opinion. Meanwhile, Casey goes, Becky betrays Charlotte Flair. <laughs> so, Tim. Good job, Cage. Way to set up the drama. Break the tie. Yeah, it's the Bucks and AJ. No no reason, just that's what it is? That's what it is. It just is. Okay. The no c- amount of my explaining it will change anybody's mind about it. Okay. And the only person whose mind could be changed is uh, mailing in his vote. <laughs> so the Young Bucks move on. James Storm betrays the Wildcat, Chris Harris. Well, who better than Canyon turns on What About Me, Raven? Friend. For me... Canyon turning on Raven. I think Canyon turning on someone else is a much bigger thing. Canyon turning on Raven, I I, I don't know. I, I feel like James Storm betraying Chris Harris. The breakup of AMW. You know, the cowboy going his own way, and then... Didn't he at one point blind Chris Harris with Pro- the beer bottle? Probably. Probably, but... Which led to the blindfold match? Probably. Lindsay would probably be able to tell us it. I, I, I think sure. I remember that, because at one point it was, um, yeah, it led to that. Um, not much happened with Chris Harris after that fact, though, unfortunately. Uh, Hi, but... I'm Braden Walker. <laughs> the three DVD set of Braden Walker. Um, I'll bash your head in. Um, I still would say that the, the breakup of AMW is a bigger deal. That betrayal that took place is a bigger deal than Canyon turning on Raven. Okay. Tim. America's Most Wanted was one of the biggest things going on in TNA. It was. It really was. It it, it actually catapulted these two guys, uh, Storm and Harris. Um, TNA was not mainstream. Never was. But it pushed these two guys as close to the mainstream as any other non-WWE uh, former or future talent ever got i mean it, it, it was just just an absolute massive thing mm-hmm. who betted in canyon well it turns out everybody's better than canyon Ugh, canyon turning on raven that was the storyline that was all part of you know one small part of something bigger um amw was not part of something bigger that carried viewership for the longest time and spiked it when they broke up. That mm. was a huge moment for TNA. Yeah. And how can you not vote for Storm uh, uh, betraying betraying uh, Harris? It's a clean sweep. Hello, my name is... Hi. Case agree. Case you agree, it's a clean sweep. Hi, I'm Troy McClure. You may remember anyway. They'll do it for another edition of WTR Sunday Night Russell Talk Radio live right here on the Wild Talk Radio Network. We got programming all week long, Tim. Yeah, you don't know, start tomorrow night immediately following Raw with the post show. It is, in fact, the Monday Night Raw post show live, 11 p.m. Eastern. And, of course, that leads into Thursday night, 10 o'clock Eastern, with another edition of the lovely Rack Radio Show with the lovely Lindsay Ward and the, the not-so-lovely Rock. We'll have news, notes, and some sort of discussion. It's The Rack, live, Thursday night, and 10 p.m. Eastern. Of course, you never know when Rock's going to tune into Twitch and play Fortnite and stuff, or wrestling games, or whatever. Yeah, Fortnite with Friends, Saturdays, 9.30 p.m., 9.30-ish p.m. Eastern, followed by CB Radio. Which will be actually CB Radio live at its uh, regular time of um, 9.30 
mountain. Yeah, you're, you're, you're right. 11.30 p.m. 11.30 p.m. Eastern. Last night, we, we did all about the Harry Potter and all the, the great characters in that who was the greatest Harry Potter game, character of all time. This week, this week. Harry who? Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Because um, I, I watched the video game and I know all the things about Harry Potter now. Um, so, he's canceled. Yeah, we, we talked about that. Anyway, this week we have the best debate of all time, Brent, right? 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 Do, do we? We're, we're going to the land of stars, right? Yeah? Yeah? Oh, God. Yeah. That's this week? It's this week. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're yeah. going to talk about Space War. Yeah. 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 Tune in. Tim, you, you may not want to listen or your head will explode, I'm just saying. <laughs> it's going to be one of them. Huh? Yeah. We'll t- I'll tell you after the show. Huh? Huh. See, we're live on all social media platforms. We won't be back next Sunday night at 10 p.m. Eastern because we're watching AEW Revolution. But that means we are not so live. Live a week from Monday following the Raw Post Show that Monday. Do all the things. It's at Wild Talk Radio on Instagram and Twitter. Facebook.com slash Wild Talk Radio Network. It's WTR Sunday night on both Facebook and the Twitters. Tim is on Twitter at Flames Forms. Follow me for absolutely anything and everything. I just I just post about random um, memes, sports, sports entertainment, um, thoughts for the day, uh, dad jokes, bad jokes, bad dad jokes. Just just follow me at Flames Forms. You'll be uh, um, following me at Flames Forms if you do. So 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 do that. And also check out my Redbubble shop, Steinsdesigns.redbubble.com. There's stuff there that you need to pick up. Uh, some of it is a little bit Alberta Canada centric, but a lot of it is stuff that Rock wouldn't wear if you pay him. So go check it out. <laughs> and see why not. Uh, speaking about Redbubble, don't forget Casey has his own shop. Just um, um, search Casey on Redbubble, and um, all of his stuff will come up. But you know what? If you're not sure how to find it, t- tweet him on Twitter at Kyle Driver. Links in the description at Kyle Driver on Instagram and the Twitters at Kyle Driver for the shop information. That's how the cool kids do it, Tim. It's linked in the bio. Well, my shit's linked to the bio, too. But uh, you, you know who's it? not linked up with anybody? That's Brent on Twitter. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Kane Kittens. That is the one place that you can find me. Um, I, I tend to make friends. Probably next weekend I will make some friends. We will find out. You but hope? Yeah. Uh, no. No, I really don't think... <laughs> People who have those opinions can just keep them. But that's just me. Mine, all mine. Remember, use code code Rocket the Fortnite item shop. Hashtag Epic Partner. Brand new season coming up in about two weeks. So, so put, check your sack and put it in there. Rock and sock in the Fortnite item shop. Also, you if you have Amazon Prime, link it to your account. It's called Prime Gaming. Hit the purple button below the screen. Tim is going to tell you good night now. Good night now. Bye. <laughs>